text for the message this afternoon is the ninth commandment, Exodus 20, 16, that you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The church confesses, she believes concerning this ninth commandment in Lord's Day 43 of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you'd like to read along, you can find that in the Book of Praise on page 557. What is required in the ninth commandment? I must not give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor condemn or join in condemning anyone rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. In court and everywhere else, I must love the truth speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, communication is a gift from God that he gives to people so that people can live in peace with each other. The ninth commandment deals with the messages that we send to one another together with the words that come out of our lips, the tone that we use with our body language. Speaking the truth means sending messages that conform to the nature and the specifics and the circumstances that really happened. To bear false witness against someone is to communicate a message to a person that deviates from the reality of what we have seen, what we are doing, what we are feeling, or what we are thinking. Lies and deceit, the devil's own works, they destroy trust. They damage the reputation of our neighbor they create unnecessary divisions and they cause direct harm to the people around us. The ninth commandment is focused on promoting healthy relationships between God's creatures, creatures that depend on one another as they work together. The ninth commandment calls us to honesty calls us to consider the reputation, the well-being of other people. It calls us to be faithful to our neighbor, to honor our honesty, reputation, and faithfulness. When we are honest, when we are considerate of the reputation of others, when we are eager to promote the life and well-being of others through our faithfulness to our neighbor, then we are experiencing the mighty power of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. And I preach to you this gospel under the theme, the spirit of truth guides the church to speak the truth, speak the truth to our neighbor, about our neighbor, and for our neighbor. You can see that honesty, reputation, and faithfulness in those three points. The text we read tells us the promise of our Lord Jesus Christ. He sent the spirit of truth into the world. He did not leave us as orphans, and that spirit of truth inspired the apostles 
to reveal the truth about who Jesus Christ is. They, they were bearing witness to Jesus Christ. The apostles through the word also reveal then to us who we are and what God's plan is for us. That truth is found in God's holy word that we can hold in our hand, that we can study today. And the spirit of truth uses this word to guide us, the church, in all truth. And that means there is only one worldview that conforms to the way that the world was made. There is only one answer to the questions about where the human race and the world came from, why we are all here, and where we are going. And although it is popular today to speak about my truth or your truth as if two contradictory realities could exist at the same time, the fact of the matter is there is only one absolute truth. You don't have your own unique truth. You just have your own opinion. Truth and opinion are two different things. You are only speaking the truth if you are speaking the same thing that the, the Lord is speaking, what the Lord has revealed. These words spoken by the Lord. This, this truth was spoken by Jesus Christ. And these are the words that the Holy Spirit in our hearts makes us want to say. And through the ninth commandment, the Lord calls His church to speak that beautiful truth that He has revealed and to speak it to those around us, to our neighbors. And so we can tell our children we teach our children according to the words of Scripture. We are bearing witness to the truth. When we talk to our colleagues about the Word of God, when we talk to our neighbors, we tell them the truth. There is a personal God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth. The Lord God created the human race and placed His creatures in that amazing universe. You have life so that you might praise and glorify Him as you work together with other creatures to work in, in your relationships and your worship in line with the Ten Commandments. We want the world to know this truth. We want to speak the truth to our neighbor. We want to communicate it with the words we use, with our tone, with our body language with our lifestyle choices. A faithful witness wants to ensure that truth, the truth that God, who God is, is, is revealed, that it's a known truth. Well, part of the truth that God reveals is that we are sinners. We've fallen into sin. The human race has fallen into sin. And at the end of every day, each one of us can create quite a, a list of sins that we personally have committed. The sins that we commit hurt people. They cause misery. They ruin good relationships and the good things that God has created. And the Holy Spirit in our hearts does not want, make us want to ignore the truth that we 
commit sins. When we try to escape the consequences of our sins, and many try, sometimes using mind-altering chemicals or activities, or by telling lies about them to try cover them up, or by shutting up the truth in a, in a deep, dark closet, hoping it will go away, God's hand weighs heavy upon us. And I think if I would ask who has experienced that, and I think all of you would raise your hand. You know Psalm 32. When we try hold it in, when we try keep it sins unknown, we try push them down, we feel the weight of God's hand upon us. The ninth commandment gets read every Sunday. Guilt and shame and remorse, they, they can cloud our minds, they can take away our joy until, like Psalm 32 also says, until we let go of our pride and we let go of our self-confidence and we surrender ourselves to God's will and we confess our sins to Him. We confess that we need His help. The Holy Spirit helps us to recognize the truth about ourselves. And He does that because He has come to bear witness about Jesus Christ. He comes, the message of, of the apostles, the message of God for, for all of us is that Jesus Christ has come, He has died to pay for our sins. The complete forgiveness for everyone who confesses their sins to God and seeks to repent, that's also part of the truth that God has revealed in His Word. The Lord has said that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. The Lord Jesus has told us that as God has forgiven our sins, we should also forgive the sins of others. And the Spirit of Truth who dwells in our hearts like we sang together in hymn 47, He wants us to experience this gift, this gift of forgiveness. So He leads us to be honest before God. He leads us to obey the ninth commandment. To be honest with ourselves, to be honest with our neighbor. Now we often hesitate to confess our sins because we know how much they offend God. We know how much they hurt our neighbor. We feel ashamed. And so sometimes we deceive ourselves that it's better not to disappoint God, disappoint our loved ones. But when that happens, maybe that's happened to you, does that ever make relationships stronger? Does that ever bring you closer together? Well, that's why God gave us the ninth commandment. The truth comes into our lives. The gospel is that you are much better off forgiven by God and at peace with Him than you are living a lie and continuing to betray the trust of the very people you love. When we are honest about our own personal struggles, we also bring others into those struggles with us so that they can give us help in our time of need. We don't need to struggle alone. That's the beautiful thing about the ongoing pastoral care that the elders of the 
congregation give to us as they visit us in our homes and they visit us in our families. They're there to share the burden with us. The beautiful thing of, of support groups that are formed in a congregation as we, we work together. The spirit of truth leads us to embrace God's grace. To take hold of the truth that our sins are forgiven in Jesus Christ. To begin to enjoy that new life we have in the Spirit. When we speak the truth to one another, God gives us the, ex the opportunity to experience new beginnings. And the Holy Spirit also calls us to show our love towards others by being honest about the sins that they are committing. Speak the truth to your neighbor also about sins that they are committing. And Right away, the passage that comes to our mind is Matthew 18. You can read that more and study that more, but if you look at that, you can see that the Lord Jesus gives us clear instruction about how to approach the person who sins against us in order to call them to repentance. And his instruction, if you look at it carefully, he makes it very clear that such an exhortation, such a, a rebuke, it begins with going to our brother or our sister in humility. Going to our brother and sister knowing that we're not God. We don't, we don't know all the details. We don't know all the truth. But we do know that sin has been committed. And then he teaches us to speak the truth in love to our neighbor. The desire to glorify God and save our neighbor from death. Sometimes, again, we're a little bit afraid to talk to our neighbor. But look at the result. Look at the beautiful things that the Lord does through those who speak the truth. The spirit of truth, again, bears witness about Jesus Christ. That forgiveness of sins begins to fill our lives as something true. And speaking the truth to our neighbor is a wonderful blessing for our relationships. Honesty is the bedrock of healthy relationships. Honesty also allows us to build a reputation and a name that is truthful and, and in conformity with the reality. It's easy to approach someone who is honest, who we know what they're like. It builds relationships. And that's important to us. Our reputation is important to us. Uh, one writer said, next to life itself, our reputation is the most precious thing that we possess here on the earth. You see, our name, our reputation, it defines us. Our name, th their name also defines our neighbor. It's who they, who they are. And that's where the ninth commandment also brings us. And it says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. It's directing our attention to our neighbor. And so we confess that to show love to our neighbor, we must defend and promote our neighbor's honor and reputation. We must speak the truth about our neighbor. Now think about it for yourself. Speaking the truth about our neighbor, it often seems easier for us to do. It's 
especially when it comes to sins. Easier to speak the truth about our neighbor than it is to speak the truth to our neighbor. If we're upset, we tend to speak about other people much more quickly than we we might speak to them. If you think about that, I'm I'm not sure the exact reason, but, but it's probably because when we speak to them, then our own personal reputation is on the line. We're personally involved. But when we speak about them, it appears in our minds at least that it's only their reputation that's on the line. But that's not how God sees things. See, all of us stand before the judge of all the earth who sees our hearts and knows what we are going to say even before a a word is on our tongue like we, we sang in Psalm 139. And so before him, both the one who is spoken of and the one who speaks is on trial before him. And so our opinions and our criticisms and our judgments of other people expressed more freely when they're not there to hear us, they may sway our neighbor to think more highly of us than before. But to God who knows our hearts and our motives for speaking, when we're speaking to put others down behind their back, He sees the truth. He sees that really we're speaking in a selfish and a vindictive way. And those are the sins that the ninth commandment forbids. If you look at what we confess about the sins against the ninth commandment and and all those in the junior catechism class, they they can tell you the list because they're memorizing it for for Tuesday. That list of of sins against the ninth commandment, you can see that they all have to do with bearing witness about our neighbor. And this can happen in a courtroom or in a common conversation. In both cases, as we saw in the display text as we walked in today, Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because in both cases, our neighbor's honor and reputation are dependent on our words. You can see why God commanded that the witnesses against someone would have to throw the first stones if the accused was found to be guilty. It's a weighty responsibility to speak about someone else. And whether we are in a courtroom testifying in a trial or chatting to a friend in a church foyer, we need to pause and hesitate before we speak about another person. Realize the weight of your words. Your words have serious consequences for the life and the reputation of others. Put yourself in the shoes of the person you are speaking about. Reflect carefully on what you would think if someone were talking about you in that way. Think about what it would be like for you if someone took snippets of your conversation, maybe threw them on a, on a meme, put them on social media, taking them right out of context, and, and then using these little snippets of conversation or this facial expression in a, in a picture to, to ruin your reputation. 
like so many people do with our prime minister. Think about how you would feel if people took such gossip and slander, or they twisted words, and then and they saw that in social media, or they heard that in a conversation, and then they rashly condemned you as a fool in the comments section that follows these postings. The spirit of truth who dwells in our hearts makes us detest all lying and deceit as the devil's own works. Very powerful confession. Even through the preaching this afternoon, the spirit of truth, he speaks directly to our hearts. He calls us, he urges us to repent of uh, the selfishness or the vindictiveness and, and even maybe the hatred against our neighbor so that we do not suffer under God's heavy wrath. That's what we confess. Rashly, I, rather I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. Time to pause and think about our own lives. Do we as a congregation, do we as a congregation have trouble with, with gossip? Maybe you're someone that believes that you can't tell anyone anything because everybody in the church is gossiping. You might even state it out loud from time to time. Everyone is gossiping. Well, you would have to include yourself because that statement as such is gossip. And when we consider that it cannot even be true of, of everyone, it's also slander. It's also rash condemnation. So showing such disrespect to the honor and the reputation of so many, many people in, in one sentence, many of whom you don't even know, it will not bring you much happiness in this life. Very careful when we speak about congregations or that church or this church. But it does raise the question about what would be a better way to react when someone does gossip to you, either directly to your face or perhaps on social media. A lot of the teenagers are using social media and these messages are bouncing around and what do you do if you read in one of the messages something about somebody else some gossip well first of all you remember what you believe about gossip you believe it's the devil's own work part of lying and deceit you decide right away well I'm not gonna be a servant of the devil. I'm not going to be in league with him. He can't have his way with, with me. So again, what, what would you do? And again, this is a great conversation to have as, as, as brothers and sisters and a conversation and in a family setting. But we can all agree that the best step forward is not to to fan the flames of gossip, but rather to, to do what you can to put those fires out. The spirit of truth within us 
He first of all makes us refuse to want to cooperate with the devil. Simply refuse to, to serve his wicked purpose by passing the gossip on to others. Even though it's tempting to do it because it does draw some nice attention to yourself. So what do you do? Well, confront the person who gossips, first of all. We know it. We confess it's a sin. And also, take your time to find out the truth. Maybe there is someone who is living in shameful sin. Maybe there's a little bit of truth. The basis of all these rumors that are going on. And then we go back to speaking the truth to your neighbor. Matthew 18. What's governing all this? It's love. It's love for our neighbor. Love for our brothers and sisters. Because speaking the truth is a matter of faithfulness. We speak the truth for our neighbor. The word for truth in the Old Testament is closely related to the word for faithfulness. The spirit of truth then is always guiding us, wanting us to, to, guiding us so that we want to use our words to promote our neighbor's honor and reputation, his, his well-being. And in most cases in our lives, this is very straightforward. We are motivated to speak the truth about God to our neighbor. We're, we're motivated to share the truth because we love the neighbor who does not know Jesus Christ. And we want them to enjoy the forgiveness of sins and eternal life. We're, we're being faithful to our neighbors and to our family members who do not know the gospel. We are motivated to speak the truth, to speak truthfully to our neighbor also about our, our own sins and the sins that others commit against us because we want to remove the barriers to peace that the devil is trying to set up between us. We're motivated to speak the truth about our neighbor in order that truth and justice are maintained because we love to see a person's honor and reputation being in line with who they really are. In court and everywhere else, it's, it's our desire for faithfulness to our neighbor that brings us to the witness stand. Well, in most cases, speaking the truth for our neighbor means to use our words to communicate exactly what we have done or what we are doing. But what do we do when wicked men who hate God ask us to collaborate with their plans to destroy the church or kill people simply because of their race? Those are the classic examples connected to the Ninth Commandment in Pharaoh's day in Egypt or Nazi Germany. And we ask the question, are we breaking the Ninth Commandment by telling lies to protect, protect the lives of innocent people? Well, I found one writer. He was uh, in the time of the Puritans. He was a Reformed writer. And he said that Christians must always tell the truth no matter what. The ninth commandment, he says, is an absolute command. And the objective truth is our master. 
This writer argued that if God in his providence places us in a situation where telling the truth can cause harm to innocent people, we must still tell the truth. For this writer, the faithful person will just simply trust God's wisdom. Understand that we cannot understand all his providence and submit to the reality of our situation. The innocent person who dies as a result of the truth of us saying, yes, there is a Jew in my home, the person will understand that being faithful to God is more important than helping our neighbor. The same commentator even states that the midwives in Pharaoh's day were wrong to lie about the vitality of the Israelite women in order to save the children born to the Israelites. Here's a very important conclusion. He says, as we would never justify the sin of committing adultery by explaining that we committed adultery to help our neighbor, we must also submit to God's truth and refuse to tell a lie, even if it can help our neighbor. Now as we think about this position, and it's not the common position, as we think about this position, we can, we can recognize its value in almost all situations that we will face in our lives. White lies rarely end up serving our neighbor. It's usually best to be clear when someone asks us what we think about something, to judge something that we, we're very clear that we're just sharing an opinion. The talk about lies of necessity, that's often used as a cover-up for our fear of putting ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. Too often we think it's necessary to tell a lie because we have made errors in judgment that we now have to try recover from. We can question what does necessity mean. Or we justify a lie of necessity because we fail to trust in the power of God and the Holy Spirit's work in the hearts of the people around us. You see, it may never happen in your life that you will find yourself in a situation that is similar to the situation was faced by Christians who risked their lives to save the Jews in Nazi Germany from a horrendous death at the hands of very wicked men. And that's really our prayer. May that never happen to us. But if you do find yourself in such a, such a situation, if our government today, if, if our government made abortion mandatory for, for everyone, sort of like Pharaoh did in the days of Egypt. Or if soldiers uh, came to your door and they called upon you to tell them the truth about the location of prophets or spies or Jews or members of the resistance and, and, and many of our grandparents or great-grandparents were members of a resistance. Men and women that they wanted to kill. And you didn't obey them, would you be breaking the ninth commandment? Say it another way, is it a sin against the ninth commandment to mislead a person who's bent on murder? If 
you bear false witness against your neighbor, if you refuse to collaborate with God-haters. And then we see that connection between truth and faithfulness, that call to be faithful to our neighbor with our words. Exodus 1, chapter 1, verses 18 to 21, says that God blessed the midwives. He says they were, they were because they feared God, in spite of his lies to the Egyptian soldiers. We read that God blessed Rahab for hiding spies in Joshua chapter 2, verses 3 to 7, and then 12 to 18. We even read that God commanded Joshua in his, in his fight for the promised land to, to use deception in his battles against his enemies by dividing up his forces and giving the impression of being weaker than, than he was. So we ask, was God con contradicting himself in all these things? But you know the answer you can see. So God calls us to be faithful to his plan, to be faithful to his work, to bear witness to Jesus Christ. Misleading murderers to save an innocent person, but not only saves the innocent person, but it also saves the murderer from increasing his guilt. Truth is related to being faithful to your neighbor. It gives us a lot to think about when we speak to one another. Truth is given to promote peace and love between God's creatures. In the very, very few and very rare and very exceptional circumstances, where that might not be that we say exactly what happened. But that's very rare. And so we put the three together. Honesty, reputation of our neighbors, and faithfulness. We understand how the spirit of truth leads us as his church. He leads us to speak the truth to our neighbor, about our neighbor, and for our neighbor. Amen.